if you found us here, you're probably a little like me. You think it's time to rethink the way that we do business. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and this is the Client Experience Revolution. This podcast is for entrepreneurs and will give you all the tips, tricks, and tools that other badass business leaders are using to serve their community, their clients, while still taking care of themselves. So let's dive into this week's episode, have a little fun, and learn along the way too. This episode is brought to you by Link Consulting Solutions. Are you a badass entrepreneur looking to up-level your capacity, maybe supercharge your clarity and reconnect like a rock star? We'll head on over to linkcs.com to find out how we can accomplish this and more. We have virtual assistant matchmaking as well as clarity and client re-engagement consulting. That's L-I-N-Q-C-S.com. See you there. Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I am super excited to welcome back Dee Fretwell to the podcast. Woohoo! Welcome back, Dee. Hey. We are talking about the mapped millions today, and that sounds fun. I want a treasure map with a big X on the map so I can just like walk over there and pick up those millions. And Dee writes those maps for a living. yes that's right (laughs) so tell us a little bit about um your i mean we've talked about nonprofits before but let's switch gears and let's talk about the segment of your business in which you help businesses map out the way that they get to the funding the way that they get to the money that they need to be profitable in their business and um and help us understand that part of your business yeah, I, so I think what you're saying is um, the business plan. That's that's actually yeah. The, yeah, I mean that's the so. non sexy way to say it, but I like treasure map. So yeah, business plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love them right so much. It's a it's kind of an issue with me. I have written on behalf of others. Don't judge me, but I've written uh, just under 100. I have two more to go before I hit 100. Oh, I love that. I love them. They're the best thing in the world. And I just find them to be just kind of the inside, the guts, the soul of the business. And maybe that's why I like it because I like being able to investigate and see exactly how it all, you know, a business is like the human body, right? So the business talks about it. it, It's like the skeleton and then it associates all the different departments into it. Like all the different major systems of the body is what fills that skeleton. And that's the I am not creative in the slightest way, but when it comes to business plans, that's like my art. That's what I do. (laughs) So what's funny is, I mean, there's so many things that I don't know about business plans, but I always thought it was something that like somebody else couldn't do for you, that it was something that you had to, um, that you had to do on your own because it involved so much information like that only, you know, and it's been a very intimidating process and I will put my shit on blast and say that I do not have a business plan. And I know that like, like you can send the hate mail to Raya at linkcs.com. But in my defense, the reason why I don't have a business plan or I don't yet, I should say have a business plan is because when I started my business, it was called admin prestige. And I was 
really figuring out what the business was. I was providing virtual admin, virtual assistant and virtual administration work. Um, I had a virtual assistant agency and I was throwing shit against the wall, just seeing like, does this work? Does that work? I've always had client re-engagement consulting as part of my business, but I didn't really know how it all fit together. Um, and so I was like, how do I write a business plan around something that I'm not quite sure about. And so that's why I thought I couldn't, how, if I can't articulate yet what it is that I'm doing, I thought I couldn't have somebody help me do it. And so, so how do your clients work with you in, um, in building business plans? Well, you kind of hit on one of the top fallacies of the world, which is that you're you're alone. You're on an island of one when you're doing these suckers. Um, <clears throat> what you're describing is what happens all the time, which is it's not that you don't know enough about what you're doing. It's that you're doing this motion of proof of concept, right? What you actually are finding efficiency at doing, what you enjoy doing, what's not working, let's get rid of it, and just figuring out what product or service you're trying to offer, And I think um, the fallacy is, like you said, how the hell am I going to do this when I don't actually know exactly what it is I'm doing and therefore I can't do any of it. And the truth is when I'm working with clients, there's, there's two parts to the business plan. There's many, many components, but there's two real sections, right? The first one really addresses all of the external factors that affect and inform the business and business model. The other part of it's internal. I can do much of the external very much myself, working on industry, working on competitive analysis, working on some of that target market uh, development. I'm not not working with you. So if and when we work together one day, which would be so fun, um, that's what I get to dive into and just look through the vast, vast, vast amount of information out there to help synthesize it down to something a bit more digestible. Meanwhile, you're telling me, well, here's who I think my market is. And then I can say, okay, great. Let me look at what the you know demographics and psychodemographics, behavioral insights, what that all tells us. Let's see if they line up and let's make it reconcile in a way that makes sense to you. That, does that make sense? And then yes. some of the other stuff, the operations of it, the marketing, um, pricing structure, products and services, we work together congruently on because since I've done it so many times, it's pretty easy for me most of the time. Sometimes people stump me, but to try to find a straight line towards the most efficient use of product or what's kind of trending and makes the most sense to start with and then scale. But you're there telling me, no, this is really important. Even though I'm doing virtual assistance, I also want to offer horseback riding tours, you know, and I, you and I will argue about it. And then I'll say, okay, well, in that case, let's phase it in at an area where it makes the most sense. Or you're like, no, I love offering butterfly habitats to people, you know, and I'm (laughs) like, Raya, okay, we can do it, but (laughs) we better do it down the road. Let's get you some reputation, some brand recognition, Yes, you know, and so that's, you come into play, you have to, but I tend to be, um, coachy, I guess, like coach D shows up to help drive you down that road together. Yeah. I love that. What are some of the other, aside from having to do it alone? Well, I like right away, what was immediately popped into my head, I should just say is what my company right now is doing. Um, a, we hired a consultant to do marketing, um, 
like a marketing overhaul. And so some of these things are coming up in the marketing overhaul. We're having to do, um, you know, research on key opinion leaders and who are our competitors or perceived competitors and what are they talking about? And, you know, and, you know, who are our strategic partners and, you know, like really thinking about this stuff and like thinking, damn, if I had a business plan, this would be a lot freaking easier. Um, but, um, and I never even thought of using or the, the application of a business plan for marketing purposes, but what are some, let's list out some of the areas is that you could use a business plan that you might not think, you know, aside from marketing, what are some of the other things that you would use a business plan for? Well, I mean, you can probably attest a little bit to this. <clears throat> a lot of people say, okay, here's what I want to do. I'm going to just use you as an example. Um, I'm going to bring in virtual assistants to other organizations to support their operations or whatever it is they need them for. And we're going to charge $13,000 an hour. And then you say, and that's, that's great. We've got, you know, I know there's at least 300,000 businesses across the U S that are remote that could probably utilize these customers. So that's my market. And that's, I feel the price is going to work as we start working through the business plan and we start adding in all the expenses, the salaries, the liability insurances, all that little stuff that just adds up very quickly. You might realize that you're overcharging you're undercharging because you start looking at forecasted profit and loss statements and you start looking at, you know, what it looks like for years two, three, and four, realizing and uncovering really, oh God, I'm actually losing a bunch of money. If I go this route, I better find different products, better products, scalable products. I should charge more or I should charge less. Oh, as I went through this plan, I realized that my marketing costs were going to be a lot more than I realized. I had no idea that production was going to cost me this much, whatever it is. It just helps you suss out all of the primary ingredients to the recipe of this business plan on the map. And it ends up fleshing out just how on paper your proof of concept works. Right. Yeah. The next step for you is to also be playing along and doing some choose your own adventure and applying this proof of concept in real life. Does this actually work? It sounds dreamy, but does it actually work? And you went just like a billion other people, the uh, reverse direction. I'm going to see what works and then we're going to talk all about it. Yes. And so in that case, now you're kind of, you know, leading the charge uninformed, but experienced. You're an extraordinarily experienced, intelligent human. So you're walking the steps, but now you're saying, ah, dang, I wish I would have known some of this before. Yes. And, and that's myself a lot of heartache. Well, it I think saved you informed heartache, right? Yes. Because the idea that you have a business plan, and I say this, I make all of my clients kind of repeat after me, a business plan is not a guarantee of success. Yeah, that's true. And I have some people who do a business plan before they even start the business because it's a lot cheaper to spend three to five to eight grand on a business plan than it is to lose 20, 30, $100,000 of investment. Yeah. And so we can look at that and go, oh, if I do this plan, I just had one last year. If I do this plan, I have to make sure I offer this, this, and this. And I just don't want to. I want to be able to do it differently. So I'm going to go raise money in a different way. So I'm not beholden to having that recurring income. Yeah. 
what would you say to, or do you think this, I'm sure the answer is yes, but I'm just thinking for people who are consultants or coaches where their product or service is a little bit more nebulous in results, Mm -hmm. does this, does a business plan help them figure out pricing? um, Or is that still more like, um, just what the market will hold type thing. Like where, cause I see a lot of people who, I see a lot of people who start out and then they like charge, they just pick a number. And then if it was like too easy, then they like raise their prices. You know what I mean? Like how does a business plan help inform them on what to charge when there's not the same expense levels underneath it's based off of, you know, their knowledge. Yeah. There's, um, <laughs> For the nerdy types, there's some really cool tools out there just to look and see where the industry is as a whole across the nation. It's a domestic thing, right? So it's whatever the U.S. is trending as for this industry. It tells you about everything. It tells you about um, current pricing structures, the elasticity in the market for um, demand. It tells you about the maturity levels. It tells you about the economic scaling and growth of it and where it's looking at in a trajectory of I think we're at 2018 to 2025 right now. Um, So that helps kind of inform if you're in the general ballpark. But you're right. Some people are like, it says 15 bucks an hour. I tried 22 and it seemed like it worked, you know. Um, The other side of it is that you also start reading your market geographically. So even though you might see a national trend, I mean, the federal minimum wage right now is still $7.80 or something. However, we know on the West Coast, we have different levels of much higher minimum wage just because of a regional, you know, affectation. And it's the same thing, right? So I know I can sell a Toyota or Subaru for a heck of a lot more here in Southern Oregon than I could if I was in um, Iowa. Right. <laughs> right. And so, You have to take that into account. And there is something said for taking the pasta and chucking it to the ceiling to see if it sticks. And if it works, awesome. And if you've priced too low and you're becoming too booked, then yeah, you start playing the economic uh, choose your own adventure of supply and demand, right? Yeah. And you creep your prices up, but it's a lot easier. People argue with me all the time about this and I disagree. It's a lot easier to raise your prices than it is to go back and lower your prices. Right. Um, So... You know, it, I think it's a, a higher, slow, fire, fast scenario with our customer yes. pricing. Yeah, I think that's so true. What are some of the ways that um, people decide or like, what are some of the points of entry? So like you had mentioned, some people will do a business plan before they start the business to kind of test out the model to see if it's tenable. Um, then where are some of the other places that people are like, oh, I should probably have a business plan. Yeah, I I misled you a little bit. Like 8% of all people write a business plan to, you know, forethought to think out the concept. Most people are doing it. Oh, um, I didn't, so you I, didn't mislead me. I was like, those people are fucking geniuses, but I don't, I think there's not a lot of those people. <laughs> there's not very many that show up and say, hey, is there any way? Um, instead they're like, oh shit, I really need to grow my business or I need funding. Most of the time, 90% of the time, it's because they're looking for investors or bank funding. Got and it. That, another famous fallacy that I love to address, which is that business plans, you only really need one if you need funding. Right. Shit. If anything, the business plan that you need for funding isn't so much a plan as it is a strategic action plan towards funding and towards development or growth. 
the business plan is even more. And you can bring it to the funding uh, session when you meet with whomever. Uh, it'll probably work really, really nicely because I don't do fluff and buff business plans, which is the other one. The other, another fallacy that I love that business plans can be three to five pages. It's no big deal. Just kick it out so I can take it to the bank. Um, mine are all 35 to 60 pages long. They're extremely comprehensive and it's a true active, it's a relationship. Your, your significant other becomes your business plan for a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We make love to the business plan and, uh, really give it the attention it deserves because this is the backbone in the future of your business. So I love that. I love that. You know, what are some other things that people think a business plan is and and maybe we should even dive into like what are some of the parts and pieces of a business plan so people mm-hmm. understand like not only um you know like we the misconceptions behind it but like what's what's in a good business plan let's say it that way because there I know that like the mission statement and the fluffy values and the things that are like important and those things are in there usually but like what what does a good business plan actually entail yeah, uh, I'll I'll try to be thorough. Okay, let me think of the obvious ones. So the obvious like components would be industry analysis, competitive analysis, looking at your competitors and what shares of the market they currently hold, and where their strengths weaknesses are compared to where you think you're going to bring your best assets or key strengths. Um, uh, what did I say? That that the target market analysis, really looking at you know your regional, national target markets and demographics behavioral insights, psychodemographics, that sort of thing. Um, We jump into your strategy, whether it's going to be a broad differentiation or maybe it's some other version of a pricing structure that is really a strong strategy to start with. We jump into the basic guts of it, which is like your operations. Who's your staff? What's your um, customer uh, pipeline look like? What happens with your marketing plan? And not I plan on using social media and I'm going to have a podcast and I'm going right. to have a website. It's like show, we're going to develop a calendar, like an actual annual calendar that shows, you know, categories of actionables for your marketing and when they happen each month so that you can see visually and financially how much it's really going to impact you. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about our exit strategy. One of my favorite things to do in a business plan when you're starting a business is to talk about how you plan on getting out of that sucker. Uh, We really analyze our financials and talk about our financial assumptions because there's all these assumptions that we have that people who have no idea what we're doing even can possibly grasp or grok, right? So we need to put it on paper. Um, And then some other various nerdy things that go into it as well. And it, it, it can sound like it's too much. It can sound like it's too thought out or too thorough, um, but it's really not. This is what a map is. Right. Yeah. If we're playing Legend of Zelda, we don't get it done in a day. It takes a little time. It takes commitment. It takes strategy and energy. And it's an actual path to the end. So, so well, the and there's catalyst- little mini adventures and battles along the way, right? I mean, there's oh, like yeah. different so components cool. to this um, to this journey where you have to evaluate the situation, yeah. see what resources are available for that situation. And what does um, success in that situation look like? Exactly. Um, And it's not that hard. I mean, there's there's the, you said like, oh, I thought I had to do it all myself. But I have a lot of folks who show up and say, I need this plan. Here's what I plan on doing. See you in a month. You know, it's like, no, no, no. You also can't just hire someone to do it all. Like you're there right next to me. 
and we're doing it and we're doing it at simultaneously, but you're working on stuff totally separate and I'm there to help you, but I can't purge out of your brain. I can't tell Raya what she plans on doing and charging because I can't speak for your passion or for where you're most effective or where you most enjoy right. spending your time. That's lame. I would never do yeah. that. <laughs> um, I, no, I love that. I love that. What are, let's say, um, let's say you're not, you're either in the very beginning or you're in the early stages of your business and you're not there yet where you can afford to hire somebody to support you. Um, what resources are available um, and where should you get started so that when you do have the resources available, you can be most effective in working with that person? Yeah, I, you know, right now it's kind of a really cool time because I know the SBA, the Small Business Association, other regional folks you could talk to, the Chambers of Commerce, the Rotary Clubs. There's a lot of folks who are trying to develop funding for small business development or for systemizing existing small businesses that might need some shoring up while we're still on that weird COVID precipice. Um, so there's ways to get funding. If, if you're able to acquire that three to eight grandish, um, at least that's what my, where my numbers are, you can find people who do it more cheaply. Just take a look at past ones, make sure that it's thorough and that it really, even if you're not sure what a business plan is, look at it and see if you can understand what that business example, that plan that you're looking at is, then if it makes sense to you. And if it looks like it's really thorough and is um, concise and clean and you get it, it's probably an okay hire to bring those people in. Um, if you're in between funding and you don't really have the money to do any hiring to get assistance in this regard, one of the best things that you can do is what you did, which is really start that proof of concept. Just don't put too much money into your business until you've really mapped out what it looks like to um, see success over the course of a year, two years, three years, mm -hmm. because that's proof of concept, right? So you're going to try on all these different things. You're going to look at ways to reach current markets that are the low hanging fruit. That's what you're getting when you're reaching people pretty quickly. And you're like, okay, I've tapped into something good. Figure out what it is that is working and just document the heck out of it. Find the things that you don't like doing, write that down. Right. Um, things you wish you could do, but you can't figure out how, write that down. You know, just start breaking it down. There's a million resources online that uh, give you kind of that basic business plan skeleton. Um, so you can start looking at that stuff too and going down the rabbit hole. My fear is that when people do that, they look at that and say, this is bullshit. It's way too hard for me. I'm not fucking doing this. <laughs> and yeah. then they just jump ship and decide it's the worst thing in the world. And I swear, right? Business plans can be super sexy and I love them. And it really does like it tells a super intimate story of who you are and what you're doing and why, and it can be the coolest thing. Yeah. You have to get there and not yes. have this like dirty relationship with it. That just makes you sad. What is the difference between like, if you were to do since the, um, since the fee range is between three and $8,000, what's the difference between the services? Like what is somebody who's doing a more basic business plan as opposed to more complex? What do you add or not include in those um, ranges? Just so that if somebody yeah. was to work with you or if they were to work with somebody else, and of course, if they were to work with somebody else, we want to preface and say that everybody has their own fees. Everybody has oh, their yeah. own process. And these are going to include and not include, but these are just ideas to ask if mm -hmm. you're going to work with somebody. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, my fee has a spectrum because so does my my clients, right? Mm-hmm. Not financially. That's really rude. It's more of an experiential spectrum. Some people have never owned their own business. Some folks have zero business experience. They just really know they care and they really want to do this. Um, so I have to add in heavy layers of coaching to go along with it, like actual business coaching. Uh, or I've got folks who have a very multi-dimensional business. I just had another one where I ended up doing four different uh, industry analyses as opposed to one because they were working from a very complex but super cool um, app that they're doing. And uh, so I was looking at the hospitality industry, at the um, software as a service industry, like so many of them. And that can take a lot of time. And so I had to charge accordingly for that. Okay. That totally makes sense to me. That totally makes sense to me. Well, in general, like what would be, um, so the SBA is one resource that you listed. Is it beneficial if somebody comes to you and they've tried to put together a business plan on their own? Like they've tried to put together something a semblance of, you know, like a temp- they got, they found a template, they started it, they got overwhelmed, or they just were like, this is, this is for the balls. Like, I just can't finish this. I need help with this, but they have some product. Is that, is that helpful for you? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit showing that they at least tried, right. You yeah. know, that I gave it a go. This sucks make this go away, you know, and I can say, okay, this is a great though, because it means that you really did take a few minutes to at least sit down and say, okay, I think I can get this done. How do I do it? It is daunting. I'm not going to lie, but it's not, I'm not some rocket scientist who just happens to know all these cool things. I've just done it so many times. Yeah. That it's the mechanisms um, come really naturally to me. And I really do love these suckers. So for me, it's like, it's like a whole new yes. race, you know, um, let's do it. Cause I know there's an end. And when we get there, it's yeah. super cool. Um, what they've done is the same thing that we're going to do just much more thoroughly and um, uh, a very fine detail, like pinpoint way, you know? So we're going to expand on that greatly, but a business plan just, it's a living organism. It's going to continue to live and shape and morph. Even minutes after I give it to you, you might go, okay, I've got my final copy. This is awesome. I kind of want to switch one thing around. Like you can start changing it immediately and you'll want to look at it every six to 12 months, no matter what, just to review and make sure that it's relevant because shit changes all the yeah, time, all the time like right now. So it's not meant to be static and stuck. It's not meant to be like that. It's got to be dynamic and flexy and fun and cool. And, you know, a staff member basically of your business. I love that. Oh, that's a good idea. That is true. It is the person who's like the forecaster, mm-hmm. right? That's like looking after and doing the research for, um, for the business. And is that something that you normally see people come back to you to help update things? Or is that something that they do internally where they will then take that information and sort of have an idea of what needs to be done and then internally do the, the updates to it? Uh, it, yeah, some of them do, you know, some of them keep me on as a consultant for a while, which I, I love because I get really attached. I also don't love it because I want them to go and just be really confident and proud of what they're doing. Um, and then there's times people definitely do come back and say, okay, either it's a new shift of product or service, or it's just a new, who knows what, you know, they're like, okay, we need something. We need to help with this. We need another industry analysis. We need, so it's almost 
Rarely is it, let's review the business plan and see what's changed. Right. We come back inspired going, okay, new stuff. Let's go. New direction, new, new addition. Yeah. Okay, cool. I love that. Well, if somebody was to um, think about this and not be intimidated, because that's the whole point of why we're doing this. That's the whole reason why I'm putting my shit on blast here, people, is because number one, I know I'm not alone. I know there's a lot of people who are nervous about business plans or feel like if they don't have a business plan and I've even heard it, I've had people on my podcast and I'm like, I'm going to be real quiet right now because they're like, if you don't have a business plan, you don't have a real business. And I'm, I just want to say like, (laughs) that's not true. It's not, it's, there's a lack of understanding and there's also an intimidation of what you don't know sometimes. And some people get thrown into business. Not everybody has the luxury of like having a concept and then doing a minimum viable product. Some people have to make a buck like tomorrow. So we have to like figure this out along the way. And then if you don't have a full understanding of how it can help you, it feels intimidating and it feels like, and you also feel like I have to allocate so much of my time. So why would I take time out to work on a document that feels static Um, that, that I don't know how it's going to help me. And so I felt like it was really important to bring you on to say, not only is this not a static document, not only is this not something that should be afraid of, but it is sexy. It is fun. It is something that helps you get funding and also helps you have direction. Like it makes me actually excited because we are doing all this research as a company right now in, um, you know, because we did branding, marketing, and SEO research. So we had to do a lot of the things that are components of this. So I can actually come to the business plan either on my own or with help. And I have a lot of information that I can say, okay, here, plop all this information. Can we put this together in an organized way that looks like I'm also like a total whore for a report that has lots of color and cool information in it. Like I'm all about that. You know what I mean? Like, um, but that's usable that you can say, okay, so why am I not getting, um, you know, why are these leads not working? Let's look at the plan. Like what are, what are my competitors doing? You know, that's different or why am I overpricing myself? Or like they, that's the thing too, is like, they always say like, don't undercharge, don't undercharge. Well, but what if you're over, what if you're pricing yourself out and you're, and people aren't selecting you because you've, you're confident go you, but no one wants to pay what you're charging. And so you have to be realistic about what is an appropriate charge based on the market and the, the amount that people, you know, where does the intersection of people willing to pay meet your product? Yeah. And then you can, as you establish more relationship there, go exactly. from there. You know what I mean? Well, and that's like one of the things that comes out of that competitive analysis. That's exactly what you see is like, they have all these attributes, the product or the service has, has all of this customer appeal to it for whatever reason. Great website um, navigation. You've got great customer service. Your pricing is in accordance with the market. You've got great um, brand imaging, blah, 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 all these things. And so that's one thing that comes out of it pretty quickly is, oh, they're slaying it over here. So I can either meet them there or I can meet them as close as I can, but slay it somewhere else to give myself differentiation, which back that backs you into your strategy. 
mm-hmm. which really brings forth all the expenses that come out of your efforts, which tells you how your financials are doing. If your pricing really matches how much you need to earn to not lose money. Yeah. It all totally informs itself. And I think where you were getting to was, Hey, sometimes I don't have the ability to strip away time to work on a document. I need to make money now. I can't afford to work yes. on a business plan. And so it's one of those things where and who <laughs> I will totally go to Matt with anybody who's like, you don't have a real business unless you have a business plan. We all know that's bullshit. Yeah. It said 90% of the people who are out there working probably don't have a business plan, but it's a step up, right? It's a chance to start systemizing yourself in a way where you feel especially informed it gives you the chance to be able to really be able to monitor and audit what's going on in your business. Cause now you really know what you're expecting and what you want. It gives you the ability to have more control and more oversight over the actions that are happening and hiring somebody like myself or anyone else, hopefully should eliminate about half of a plan's worth of work for you. I should right. be getting into you, you know, 15, 20, 22 pages worth of material that's just done. So you can always review the industry. You can go back and see who in your competitive market was doing better at what. You should be able to look at your target and market analysis and be able to see some of that while you're thinking about all the other shit you're thinking about, which is running a business and writing the other part of the plan that I'm helping you write, you know? Um, it's, it is work. It's it a is lot work. Of work and it's, but okay. I think it brings confidence too. I mean, that's the thing too, is if you know your position in your market, you know, what's happening around you, you have a full um, view of what you bring to the table and how much it actually costs you to bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you come to the table more correct. You know what I mean? Like there, when I first started offering the virtual assistant matchmaking, I was very timid about it because I didn't have a lot of, I had had a handful of clients and they were very happy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so people were like, you charge what? And then I'm like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, and then now I'm like, yeah. Um, and it's a lot of labor. Like I, th- there's a lot. And, and then I'll tell them like, I encourage, here's the website that I use. I would encourage you go ahead, sign up on the website, try it for like two or three weeks and then come back and let's have a meeting in about a month. Yep. And then you, then we can talk about the services that I provide because they don't want to do all of the work that's involved. It's very labor intensive. That's why I have that service because it is labor intensive, but we have a system. Yep. So the, so I have a confidence level with time and research behind what I'm offering, which is not rocket science. A lot of what we do is not rocket science. We just have a system that makes it um, easier and we have an interest in it that that propels us towards that but it's having that information that is the map to millions that is the map to the funding or the map to earning more money or the map to just confidently presenting what it is that you are in business doing um, you have your own map. We just have to I, put it down. On I know. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited about it because we've been doing like I didn't realize, but we've been doing a lot of the research and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the information that we just need to put it in one place and fill out some of the other things. So exactly. exactly. So if somebody doesn't have a business plan and today they want to get started and they want to do like one or two things that would be on their homework list. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what are one or two actionable items that somebody could do today that would get them in the step towards um, towards moving in that direction? I would say start with the, is it the four W's and an H? The who, what, when, where, why, and how? Mm-hmm. However many letters they are of what. Um, tell me who you are and what you're doing, right? Tell me why you're doing it. Like, what is the mission here? And, and something I want to say before I forget really quick. This is not just for for-profits. Nonprofits need a business plan too. So we're not letting them off the hook. We're right. just speaking to the for-profits more so. Um so write down the thing that you really want to accomplish. What is your product or service? Be really specific. If you're going to open a nail salon, tell me about that. Are you going to offer petties and manicures? Are you going to offer um, acrylics and just doing the regular? Are going to do gel? Are you going to offer facials? Are you going to, you know, whatever it is, be specific as best you can. That in itself can sometimes eat people's brains up because they don't know for sure exactly what they want to do. And that doesn't matter. Pick the things you think you really want. What are your non-negotiables? And start there. And then tell me what your prices are. And if you can get to that point pretty comfortably and easily, the next thing I would ask you is, awesome, who are you speaking to in your marketing? Who is your target market? And tell me why. Because sometimes we hear people saying, oh, my God, I'm totally going to market to the millennials because they love what I do. I'm watching them eat it up all over the U.S. It's the best. And then we look regionally and you're like, cool, but you're in a retirement market. You don't really have a bunch of millennials. So now what do we do to accommodate that? Right. Because where you really want to be is probably in San Francisco or Seattle, not in Roseburg, Oregon, you know, or something like that, where you're going, okay, let's shift and, and mutate to to reconcile both something you really want to do and something the market really wants. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. And as you know, because you are an alum, the last question that I always ask is what is the best piece of advice that you have for our audience? And you've given the best piece of advice, but what's something else that has really stuck with you that really um, has made an impact in your life that you could share with us? Um, from your perspective? Hmm. I think in this case, um, pick something that you give a shit about. Don't do something that just because it's easier, it comes easy to you, but you kind of don't care about it. Um, Find the passion and it doesn't have to be your passion doesn't have to be your work, but it does have to spark something inside of you that wouldn't exist otherwise. So do the things that you give a shit about. I love that. I do love that. Well, this has been highly educational and I dare anyone to say that business plans are boring after this podcast. Um, If you are interested in learning more about working with D on your business plan, please, please read the show notes, get in contact with D. Um, I think we'll also include some resources to the Small Business Administration, and I'll see what else I can cook up to, to help give resources that are accessible to everybody in the show notes. And I'm looking forward to taking all this information that we've been working on and putting together something more solid for Link Consulting Solutions. Feel free to keep me accountable by checking in on the Facebook group 
YouTube or on the YouTube channel. And we thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I am your non-business plan holding host, Raya Gonzalez, but I will be soon to changing that and we will see you next time. You know what I love? It means so much to me that you took the time to listen to this episode. If you did enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, and you'd like to help support the Client Experience Revolution podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on your social media or even leave a rating and review. And if you want to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at link.consulting. That's L-I-N-Q dot consulting. On Twitter at Link Consulting. And even better, find us on YouTube. The channel is Raya Gonzalez, and you can see all of our podcast episodes in video format if you're just curious to see what our guests look like. We appreciate you so much. And that's why we're excited to see you next time.